Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I have a special guest for you guys. This person was in my bundle and I was like, we have to get her on the podcast because I just felt like her and I have a lot of things we need to talk about. And I felt like you guys would really love her and what she's up to. And so I have Miss Cheryl here today on the podcast. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, Faith. I'm great. So happy to be here. That bundle was so fun. Yeah. Tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do in your business. Okay. Well, I'm Cheryl Rarick and I call myself an anti-hustle business strategist because I'm all about doing a lot less. I feel like we're all doing way too much (laughs) and we need to embrace doing a little bit less, but still being able to scale up our businesses and be successful online. And, And so I'm actually an automation engineer deliverability, email deliverability expert and a funnels pro. So I approach online business with more of using technology and systems to do a lot of the heavy lifting to free up my time in my business. So that's, I like to say, I bring the magic of automation to coaches and course creators so that they can live their lives like away from the tyranny of tiny screens because we're just (laughs) doing too much. (laughs) I love that. I've never heard that. Right? We're attached to them all the time, doing the most, and we need to slow it down a bit. And actually, we can be more successful by slowing down a bit. Yeah. I love I love what you were saying about getting more results while doing less. I actually have a challenge I run. We ran it a couple of times last year. Maybe we'll run it again. You guys can let me know. Just send me a DM or a comment and let us know if you'd be interested in that. But we had a challenge we ran last year called Reignite. And the challenge was a two-week challenge, but it was like, get more done in two weeks than you did in the last three months and it without working more hours. So it wasn't like, just do more things, right? And that was important. I felt like we put that in there because I think when people think about get more results, they're like, oh, we just need to do more shit. Right? <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, no. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about about your thoughts about that, about how do you get more results while working less? Because I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, they don't, That's agree, not how or it they works. don't believe that it can <laughs> yeah. be possible. Well, because we're raised, you know, especially as a woman, if, or, you know, that you're raised to like multitask and do everything all the time. And we're really good at that. And it's a skill. It's a very beneficial skill, but it, it can also be to our detriment sometimes to not be able to just focus it down on one thing at a time. But what I see like in the online space, especially in like coaches and course creators space is like an overconsumption of learning, but then a big gap in implementation. I don't know if you see the same thing, but I think a lot of it boils down to tech. Well, just general overwhelm. I think you see that as a coach, but also a lot of that can be tech overwhelm and trying to learn how to actually implement. So then people will just take another course or learn another strategy. And then they have, you know, you have this overwhelm of like, should I do an evergreen funnel? Should I live launch? Should I build an email list? Should I be on TikTok? But none of it is getting done. And so that's what I mean when I say to use technology so that you can do less, like choose one thing at a time and do it really well. Yeah. And there is a lot of leverage, I think, that we have with technology that we didn't have before. Yeah. And then I think about why I really coach kind of newer entrepreneurs, right? So I teach a lot of people that are employees that want to not be employees that want to be business owners. But it's interesting because I really feel like school 
kind of, we're kind of indoctrinated just in doing tasks. It's all just like, do more tasks, do more tasks, do as many tasks as you can just do all the tasks. And that's how you're a successful employee. It's like, can you do a lot of tasks, right? That's the employee you want to hire. And that's really what we're taught. And that is very problematic for entrepreneurs. And I'll tell you guys, you know, I've coached hundreds of people and the people that I see making money are not necessarily the busiest people. The people that are doing, 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 doing all the time are often broke. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's like if doing lots of tasks made you money. I'm like, a lot of you guys will be a lot richer. <laughs> yeah, but that's not how we're raised. Like that's a really big mindset shift to have. And I follow someone in one of the tech spaces I'm in and she says, making money is easy. It's just math. And I still struggle with that. And I believe it. Like, I, I believe it's true, but like my body doesn't necessarily, there's resistance there because growing up money wasn't easy to have or easy to make, but we do make it harder than it needs to be for sure. Yeah. Well, we're not taught, right? Like no. I grew up poor and my partner and I, now I run a multiple six figure business and my partner is also successful. And we're now like starting like a Airbnb real estate investing, like that type of thing. And I tell him all the time, I'm just like, it is so, it's so easy to make money. Like once you have money, I'm like, this is like disgusting to me. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> was like, we grew up and it was like, you got to work hard for like everything you got. And like, you got to work hard. You don't get nothing you don't earn. And like, All this stuff that I was like really indoctrinated with as a working class person, I think really would have kept me trapped, right? In that same lifestyle and that same income level, I had to learn to think about money differently, where it's like, we can get leverage on it. And how can we take money and make more of it, right? Mm -hmm. And all these different things. And I really love entrepreneurship and working with business owners, because I think, I think it just makes you kind of question everything that we've been taught, right? About money, about work, about ourselves. And you really get to decide like what you think about work. Something you said before we started, I thought was really interesting because you were saying, you know, that we start these businesses to get out of the nine to five, but then it's almost like we put ourselves back in that same culture. Yeah. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit. I have an email in my welcome sequence where I say like how, being your own worst boss. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my subject line. Like you create, we leave the corporate world or not even corporate world, just, just regular, like you say, employee life. To, and generally we leave because it's not working for us on some level. I don't know how you got into it. For me, I had kids. And when you have kids, it's like, I have three and they're two years apart and daycare is weightless and costs more than you make. and then I tried to go out on like unemployment insurance. I'm in Canada, so it's probably different, but, but it was like only based on full-time hours. And I'm like, well, I'm not looking for a full-time job though. Cause I can't, cause I have pickup kids. Mm-hmm. Like it's not possible for me to have a full-time job right now. I'm looking for part-time like, Oh, sorry, you don't qualify. You don't fit into this box that we've created as a culture. And I was livid. I was so pissed and I was like, screw it, do my own thing. Right. And, um, And so we go out on our own to create something different and that will work for us and our lifestyle. And we do it, most of us do it for some type of freedom, whether that's time freedom, financial freedom, whatever, uh, location freedom. But then we end up doing so much that we work more than we ever did before our like laptops, our new limbs on our body. And we create 
a job we grow to hate. I see that so much. I've seen so inside of so many businesses where they've accidentally created something that they don't even want for their lives. Like their lifestyle is really important when you're building this thing, right? Like if you love talking to people and you like making sales calls and we should actually absolutely build that into your business. But I see so many people building that into their business because they think they have to, and they hate it. It's like, (laughs) or they don't have, they want their, their priority is time freedom. And then we're doing funnels that lead people to a sales calls. Like, why are we doing that? This doesn't make sense for your (laughs) business. That's a great point. Like reverse engineer, like the business you want. I see people do that with social media all the time. People are like, I hate TikTok. And I'm like, the best case scenario with this is you get a million followers on TikTok and start getting clients there. And then you have to post there all the time forever. Like that's the best case outcome yeah. here. Yeah. And then so it's like, you, now you have a part of your business that you hate that you have to post on all the time. Right. And then you trap yourself, but then there's some things that we think we hate that we don't like, like there's mindset gremlins going on to where we hate it, but we don't really like, we can find a way to like it, but I like when I'm building systems and automations for people, it's, they have me wanting, they want to build these things. I'm like, but you don't really want, like, I'm listening to what you're saying and that's not what you want. (laughs) There's other ways to make money, but there's so much noise out there. People taking courses, like, should I, like I said, live launch evergreen final, should I do a membership? Should I sell a course? Should I do services? They're all, they all work. I'm so happy you say one. that. I say like that they all, all the work. Time. There's, there's not, they're not bad strategies, but they are bad strategies when you try to do them all at once. Cause they don't, that's not going to work. <laughs> or you right? strategy hop. That's the other one I've been coaching on a lot yeah. lately is people do like one live launch and then they're like, I'm going to do evergreen. <laughs> and then they do it's that. Really for like hard a month, not and then they're to. like, I'm going to do a membership. And I'm like, they all work. Like if you take the time to figure out how they work, but I also think they, all of them work. But I also think they're all maybe a little bit more difficult than most marketers and coaches want to lead on, right? I'm like, they all work, but it's probably going to be harder, take more time and effort than you think. (laughs) Well, I don't think any one of them is a magic pill, really. It Mm -hmm. might be for some people, but those people, like we don't talk a lot about privilege and where people start from because we're not all starting from the same place. So when you see those like glowing testimonials and things like that, you, but where did they start? Did they already have a 10,000 you know, email list? Did they already have a big following on Instagram? Did they already have, does their husband have a really good job and they're not, you know, they're able to focus without the stress of putting food on the table at the same time. You know, like there's a lot of levels of where people start from, I think. And we, we, you know, the sales pages, we design them to be compelling and to be emotional. And, and it's hard not to, to fall into that trap, I think for sure. Yeah. We've moved away from that lately in my business. Just, I just, it's probably like to my own, I'm always like, I would make more money if I were like willing to do (laughs) like everybody else. Right. Yeah, But I just got tired of like hearing all these like flashy testimonial stories, right? And we have them in my business too, of people that have come in and they've been able to make a lot of money really quickly. But like you're saying, like those people already, they had a following, they had a great product. All I did was like kind of 
put the pieces together for them. And I was able to like put the last little missing links together for them. And I could like take that, right. And be like, this person joined the mastermind and three weeks later made like, however much, like $5,000, $10,000 or whatever. And we really kind of moved away from all of that because of what you're saying. And I was like, you know what? I really want to teach women to make sustainable businesses. And I want to make, build businesses that support people for 10, 20 years down the line. And I want to work with people that want to put the time in. And I felt like selling those types of stories, right. Where it's like, Oh, this, you can get these results like so fast. It just puts people in a mindset that I felt like set them up to lose. Right. I was like, I would much rather them come in ready for it to take a long time, ready to do the work, ready to play a patient game and have it happen faster than have people joining that are like, well, why did this not happen? I've been working very hard for six weeks. <laughs> yeah, there's the thing where they, they and I fall in the same trap where you you, you hit the pay now button on the pro, program or the coaching. And the, and then you think that that's, that's the work though. Like yeah. now I've bought it. So now I'm going to be like, now I'm going to have that thing. But there's a lot of work on the back end. I'm okay with some of those testimonials. I think when they're balanced or I've seen lately more people putting like a little note under like the testimonial and the note under like this person was, you know, already off to a head start, you know, just yeah, be honest story, about right? it because it's true. Because if someone else is reading that page and they already are off to a head start, then that might be helpful for them. But then there's people starting brand new and they need representation, like to be able to see themselves, I think as well. It's sort I think of, it's historically, like there's just been a lot of marketing of those like get rich quick kind of stuff that I just don't jive with in the marketing world and I just try to kind of dis whenever I see stuff that rubs me the wrong way like my reaction is just to kind of go all the way away from it and separate just be I'm like I just want to be separate from it and I'm like you know what I don't need get rich quick stories to sell this I'm just going to get very good at getting people results and I, we do these live events where I'm like I'll just prove to you I know what I'm doing like I'm yeah, like I love you know that. What? I'll just prove it to you and it's a lot more work to be frank like it's I think it probably would maybe be easier. And that's what I'm saying. It's probably not the best smart, like smartest, the smartest of the smart business decisions. But I always tell people that too, like as a coach, it's like, sometimes there's different reasons for doing things. And it's not always about the fastest, best way to make money. Right. It's like, it's not, that's not always the way I want to make decisions. Sometimes it is as a business owner, right. It's something I take really seriously about what's coming in, what's going out. And those are numbers I know. And I look at for sure. And sometimes I do things because I want to do them. And even if I know it's not the most revenue generating thing. And like you're saying too, it's like, that's why I started the business, right? It was like, right. to like have you, the freedom to do the things I want. And then I kind of got sold into this world where it's like, well, now you're just always chasing dollars because it's like, you're doing a $10,000 a month. And then I want to do $20,000 a month. And then I want to do $30,000 a month. And I got to a point where it's like, when does this stop? Right. And I had to kind of like step off of that at some point. And now I just hang out by myself and do whatever I want. It's kind of the best. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, because there's, there's something, you know, um, it has to fit in your soul a little bit though, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you could do it, but, and, and will it bring in the kind of people that are a match for you? There's that to look at as well. Yeah. Cause I don't want to fill Monster. my programs with people who impulse bought. Yeah. Well, that yeah, doesn't feel I was good doing to me that. either. I want them to really consider it and think, hell yeah, this is a good choice for myself. 
I was doing that people. people. And I really had to reevaluate our marketing because I was really selling off of excitement because I get very excited about things and I get, can get like super hyped and I would basically whip the community up into a frenzy. This is how I did my marketing for a long time. I whipped the community up into a frenzy, got everybody super excited. Um, I was hyped. They were hyped. Um, and I would sell us all in that energy. And I was realizing like, I actually want them to be calm when they're buying. (laughs) I actually want like the whole, and it was like exhausting to me. Right. I was like, so tired after the launch. And it was like, yeah, well, your adrenaline was just on like a level 5,000 for the last three days. Like, And it was just like, I want my business and my clients to feel calm. And I had to look at our marketing and it was a hard pivot. I'll be honest. It wasn't an easy transition because when you're used, I was really relying on that for sales. Like that's how I learned to do sales and how, what kind of worked for my personality. It was very natural and easy for me. And I love what I do. And I love my, I would like sell from this place. that was just like, I love this community so much. It's scary to make a change so much. Yeah. And it's scary to experiment because I mean, we're trailblazing. I say we, but in this case, you, I mean, I'm not that brave yet, but in this, like you're trailblazing new ways of doing things that feel good. I mean, I come from, I call myself a translator because I come from, I was raised sort of like in the old school sales marketing world. And then I'm involved in tech. So I feel like I have one foot in there and then like one foot in the feminine, more feminine coach space, which Mm -hmm. are different worlds completely. And there's a lot of learning. I love psychology and I love sales psychology. And I think, you know, learning how to write copy and design pages to be compelling and help people make a buying decision. I love that. But in a way that also feels good. And it's like a new world. There's a lot of people out here more and more doing it, but it's, it's, we don't have a lot of leaders who have been doing it for a number of years to look to. So mm-hmm. it's a bit scary to make those decisions. So to change how you launch probably was a really big leap and a leap of faith too. It was to a try. transition. Yeah, it was a transition we did over time, but it definitely took some practice. But I feel like I'm much more skilled at selling now. It made me have to be much better at explaining what we do and just be better at articulating the benefits that they're going to get and also proving to them the results in a way that's calm. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. And now I feel like we can sell all the time. It doesn't tire me out to do a launch, right? It's like everything feels level. I had a mentor say to me once this blew my mind and the mastermind has heard this story, but because it like blew my mind when I heard it, I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. But he was like, I don't want to be getting high vibe and like getting my energy up to do a $5 million launch. He's like, I want a $5 million launch to feel calm and safe. I want a $5 million launch to feel like the same as going into the kitchen and making a peanut butter sandwich. And there's something about that, about thinking about what does it feel like to go in the kitchen and make a sandwich? And what does it feel like to make $5 million? Where for me, when he said that at that time, a lot of money like did a lot to my nervous system. And I was selling from like all this hype, right? And it all felt like, it did not feel like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like even making the amount of money I was making, it felt like a roller coaster. And it blew my mind. I was like, whoa, like that changed how I did so many things. Like just that one little antidote. I like went and like redid our whole (laughs) sales strategy. And I'm so glad that I did because now everything is so much more calm. I love what you said about like bridging the gap between like tech 
and like the feminine energy. And I'll tell you, I of course have like, I feel like I have all these gripes with like everything. I'm like, I wish I could just accept things and like, but I have to question everything. And I'm always like, just watching the industry and I have all these questions and concerns and all this stuff all the time. And I always see the feminine energy side is always like lean back and receive (laughs) and and everything's in flow and it's all a hell yes. And we're all having the best time. I feel like that's gaslighting on the other side of the coin though. I feel like it's it's like, there's, but it's like, it's like too extreme because it's not true. I don't feel like it's true. They work really hard. That's what makes me nuts is like, I feel like a lot of the people that are that I see on Instagram anyway, that are like, Oh, it's all just, I just like lean back and like I do nothing and make all this money and you can do it too and then they sell other people to pay them and then they sell other people to pay them to and they all get to lean back and pay each other I guess and go back to that privilege conversation (laughs) and where people are starting from because it reminds me of the mommy (laughs) bloggers remember when the mommy bloggers had all the unrealistic houses and the super clean kitchens and all of this stuff and people finally just got pissed about it and they were just like this is not what having kids looks like like my house doesn't look like that. Like I'm tired of seeing it. Like can stop. we three cheers that Marie Kondo even admitted that recently? <laughs> Bless her for being honest and saying, Yeah, she okay, had kids and she was like, I don't Maybe do that shit I anymore. I have kids now. Right. <laughs> I don't even try. I have three kids and it's a hot mess, but that's okay because they're only kids for so long, right? right. But yeah, I see that online. Um the other side of the coin, the high vibes only, and we need to make space for all vibes. Like it's, if you're feeling like shit, it's a, that's normal and that's okay. And it's not a problem. Like every business owner goes through it too. It's like, you know, behind the scenes, like they have bad times too. Right. But in their mm-hmm. marketing, they're only showing a very specific kind of messaging, yeah. but I love what you said about like the feminine energy with the tech. Like, I think that's such an interesting kind of hybrid, right? Tell me more about that. Yeah. So how I look at feminine versus masculine energy when it comes to sales and marketing is masculine energy, like traditional masculine. I'm not saying men, but like the hyper-masculine energy is very linear. It's very win-lose, win the day, achieve, 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 grow, grow, grow. Like it's very competitive. And in feminine energy, which men can have, I I like a balance of both, right? Um, in feminine energy is very cyclical and very relational and very, uh, instead of destination focus, very process or focus, like the journey matters as much as the destination. Um, so I look at it through sort of like that lens and there's things that women are really good at that are an asset to us in business that men I shouldn't begin. When I say men, it's very general. I'm not definitely not all men, but I'm even if we talk about, like traditional, the hyper masculine, even right? like the bro marketer types, like the over masculine type, like where they're too far. Um, the difference is like we're really good at relationships. We're really good at nurturing relationships with people. So like once we get you know people on our email list or people in our groups, like we're really good at making relationships, and we're really good at multitasking, and we're really good at managing stuff. Like we really are. We can do all the things, and we're creators naturally. Women are, you know, creation is what we do. We're really good um, at that. But where we have to be careful is that we can get into preventing our success through those gifts. It's like creating all the time when we, okay, well, you create it, but now we have to focus on marketing end mm-hmm. and selling yeah, it, right? But we get distracted, make a new thing, make a new thing, make a new thing. 
because the selling of it is kind of scary or, you know, there's, there's sort of that where we block ourselves, whereas men and masculine energy tend to really excel at just focus that, that laser focus on one thing. And they also excel in systems, systems and data. They look to systems and data more than we do. We tend to think of it as an afterthought. And that's where we can learn from them and they can learn from them. Like them. I don't mean them as a person, <laughs> well, but like, like the energy, so people who operate, like I have a girlfriend who works very well in masculine energy and I don't, I'm very, well, we all have feminine. both just so everybody understands, like, right. right. Like, I want to make sure that we all understand, like we all have like both energies. So we're not talking about like men as like people. We're just talking yeah. about there's, we all, there's kind of different parts and a lot of women lean more heavy on the feminine energy and a lot of well, we men tend to oscillate in and but out. not always right and not, not for every person yeah but yeah. there are we also all are indoctrinated with traditional gender roles too exactly well, i think like a that. balance the key is balance right mm-hmm. and to know when to lean into which one and so for me i know i can tell if i'm working a lot in masculine energy like if i'm pushing and hustling and grinding and trying to be linear that i i tend to get burnt out faster Right. Whereas if I'm, if I lean into my cyclical energy and, and go, when I mean like cyclical and going with the flow, I don't mean like la-di-da flow. <laughs> still have <laughs> your goals, awesome. still like, have you your plans. Ouch and all this money rains on but me. <laughs> working with yourself. And if we do, yeah. if we, so we're talking energies, but if we talk about physiologically too, like cyclical beings, like I, we don't have the same output in 24 hours like men do. Their hormonal cycle is 24 hours. They can do the same output every single day. And that's what the corporate, schedule was built on, right? But now as entrepreneurs, we create our own schedule. So when I plan my month, I can tell like when is a good time to be task oriented and when is a good time to be out here doing podcast interviews and like visible and talking and social. So there's like ways that we can work with ourselves that just make things easier. Yeah, I love that. Well, I have, I struggled with clinical depression. And so something I coach on a lot and I talk a lot about is like, I have like January and February are just not a good time for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It just, it's every year. It's been like that my whole life. I've, I've been on like, you know, every med, every therapy, it just is what it is. It's like January and February are not going to be the time where I'm like mentally flourishing usually. Right. But I know that and I just don't make it mean anything about me. And so what I coach people on is like, I'm just, nothing is wrong with me or bad about me because of that. It doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. Right. And it's been this process of, can I accept myself as a person who gets depressed in the winter and doesn't produce as much? And can I love myself just as much and feel just as valuable, even though I know my input is my output and my production is going to go down those two months. And a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's monthly, it's after babies, it's after life events, it's during different times of the year. Like we're not robots. We're not supposed to produce at a hundred percent productivity, a hundred percent of the time. It's like, can you let yourself fluctuate and accept yourself in that and like drop the judgment? And that's been like the best, best thing I think I ever really did for my business. It's just like, let myself be a person with a full human person experience. (laughs) I'm all for that. And so where I would bring in this back to how that works with technology. And when I say automation, I'm talking even just like your email sequences. We don't have to get crazy fancy. I love to get crazy fancy, but we don't have to. We can just talk, you know, simply emails automation, which is, is not as scary to get into. Like it's one of the 
it's, I call it the great equalizer. So anyone can implement it, right? The cost barrier is lower these days. The tech learning curve is, it's a lot easier to do now than it used to be. And knowing these things about yourself, knowing, Hey, January and February are just not good months for me. So the rest of the, like you can plan ahead and we can have, you know, we can automate so much to happen so that your people are still loved on. Well, you know, that you're not going to be able to be there in real time, loving on them. Yeah. I love that. That's a great Do you know what I mean? So like there's, it. it can carry the burden for you. It requires some work in advance and forethought, but then you leverage it. Once the systems are built, they just can keep operating, right? And they can keep nurturing your people, letting them get to know you, you getting to know them through, through automation. A lot of people think automation is, can be cold and removed. And I think I like to talk about an automatic client journey. It's not always just automation, but sometimes your automation has the role of just prompting you when someone reaches a certain point in that automation. So let's say we have a welcome sequence or something, and there's a point where you ask them to click a certain link. We can build in like a notification so that you get in, you get a notif- notified that somebody has done that action. And hey, that's a really good time to DM them and say, hey, what did you think of this thing? You know, so it can Ooh, be personal. Stuff. I love that. I've never even thought, that's one I've never even thought of or heard of. That's a good one. Oh, I have one. a whole system of like how to build relationships in real time while people are going through automated systems. So you you don't have to be taking them on that journey in real time. You build the journey for them. They go through it, but it's important to know where certain people, because when people are engaging, that's when they're most likely to buy if we're talking in sales, but they also need your help or they need, they, they have something that they want. And that's the best time to make those personal reach outs as well. So yeah. It can still be personal, but having those systems gives you so much breathing space in your business because so be much your, can be done. What would be your suggestion for someone that's listening to this and they're like, I want to automate, <laughs> but they don't necessarily know where to start. Like, where do you recommend people like email? Yeah. You said you think they're that's- saying like, Cheryl, you're saying a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, they're like, what, what are you talking mean? about? Yeah. <laughs> This sounds lovely. They're like, okay, energy automation sounds lovely. What does that actually look like? Like, what are some basic, what are some like simple, basic things you think more people should be doing where you're just like, why is not everybody doing this? It's so easy. It saves you so much time. So much time. (laughs) Well, I think that, I mean, my favorite is obviously email automation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, writing a welcome sequence for people when they get on your list, they need to know who you are and what you're about and what you offer, what you, what you sell. We can't be afraid to tell people what we're selling over and over and over again. We have to say it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because you think you're saying it a lot, but you're not. Because people will be like, what do you, what do you do? Like, what are you selling again? <laughs> like, I, I talk about all it all the time. time, but you need. I know. To- I'm like, I've already told you guys. This happens every time we do a live event, like, or we open something. I like, will feel like, oh my God, I'm the most annoying person on earth. I've talked about this 5 million times. I cannot talk about this anymore. And then we'll get like messages on the last day. And it's like, I didn't know you were doing a live event. Like I didn't get any email. Like I, you didn't tell me about it. And I'm like, oh my God. There's like, 10 how, emails. How I promise. It? But it's like, I'm the only one that's hearing me say it over and over that's again. Right. Like no one else is on every call. No one else is on every video. No one else is writing every email. No one is watching every post. Like no one is doing that except for me. And I think that's the part we don't 
remember is like, even on a good, you know, a great open right now is what, like 30% would be like super good, right? 40% would be like amazing. That's like 60% of people still didn't see that email. Still didn't. <laughs> and they need to hear it multiple times. So I think step one would be email, like getting yourself a little welcome sequence and welcoming them into your world so that uh, like that's an easy one to do easy. It may feel scary if you're new, but you just really need to think about people who are coming to you for the first time. What do they need to know about you? How can you set them up to what to expect from you? And when I'm building client journeys, I always go back to one question. I have it written right on my wall. And it's what are the feelings? Anytime I design a sales page, web page, email, offer anything, I put myself into their shoes. Because I want to build funnels and sequences that people want that are enjoyable for them to be in. (laughs) And what is the feeling I'm trying to create? And then I write words or choose images or layouts that will create the feeling, right? Like, do they need to feel supported? Do they need to feel confident today? Do they need to feel uh, like where they're at right now with what they're struggling at is okay? Do they need, like, what do they need to feel? And then if you come at most of what you do building a client journey with that angle, then I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah. I love that. That's great advice. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about how they can work with you and where they can find you? Well, let's see. Um, You know where you can find me that would do me a favor. (laughs) I mentioned it before we were recording. Come find me on Instagram because I don't go there and I need and it's my goal this year to show up over there. So if you would like positive peer pressure me, I would love it if you'd DM me and be like, Cheryl. <laughs> everybody, listen, everybody Cheryl, come over Cheryl. to Instagram, come hang out with us. <laughs> and then I'll feel like I have to because you're there and I want to hang out. So uh, Cheryl Rarick Marketing is my handle over on Instagram. And then my website, CherylRarick.com. You can find me there on my contact page. There's all kinds of ways to contact me. You can like, you can text me, you can email me. You can DM me. I love to chat. So just uh, reach out. Um, And what I do for services right now is I, if anybody looking for automation overhaul or funnel builds, I do VIP days. So I have small containers where we get big results in short amount of time. And that works really well for my lifestyle as a mom. And it works really well for my clients because they want big movements quickly, like just get it done and get things working. Um, And then I have some courses um, for learning that people can take. I have one called WTFR tags, which is uh, on how to use tags in your email marketing. And that can be a really big game changer for organizing a hot mess. You would probably want to throw up if you saw my tags. (laughs) Most of my business is not managed by me. Most of my business is managed by my business manager, but the email is managed by me and you can tell. You can tell the difference. There's lots of tags. I don't know why or what, but I yeah. have them. <laughs> and then I have my customer journey training, which is my foundational training that I think everybody needs to do at some point. And that was in the bundle. So if you picked up the bundle, you already have it. So just make an hour sometime to go through it. And hopefully you'll have some light bulb moments about how to plug any holes in, in how you take your people from first finding you to being your clients and customers. That's so good. That'll be helpful too, for sure. And then I'm excited. You know what I'm really excited about? I'm working on a new signature program, Faith, that is called Automate and Chill. And that is my, uh, this is an advanced strategy. So this is not for people just starting out. 
this is for people who have done the things already. They've done the evergreen funnels and they have systems already. And this is a long-term email marketing funnel that basically takes people on a messaging journey for a whole year behind the scenes, flowing under your business. Cause you know how we all like struggle to write our weekly newsletters and you're like, Oh, I got to write something this week. And then you just write something random because you don't know. And then people are all at different points of a journey with you. It's not strategic. It's not intentional. And there's a lot of people who don't buy in your evergreen funnel. They're not ready to buy the very, in the first 10 days of meeting you, they need more time or they, they weren't at the right place yet. And so it's a way to like reinvite them to your offers. Um, in a strategic and journey-based way that's supportive for them as well. So I'm really excited. Stay tuned for that. That's not quite ready yet, but I'm excited. (laughs) Like get on the wait list. I'm excited about (laughs) it. Coming soon. That's funny. You know, we actually did that. So I used to have, at one point I had three businesses because I'm crazy and I had a VA business and a mental health blog and I was doing business like blogging, coaching and stuff. And the mental health blog, I was kind of ready to step out of, And we ended up taking all of my newsletters. I used to write a daily email newsletter for like two and a half years. And I had an assistant go through and she just pulled all the most popular emails. And we've made a meg, we called it the mega funnel. And it was a year funnel. It was a year funnel. And it was like every Thursday, um, we knew an automated email was going out to that list from my old email. And then if we wanted to write something else to them, I would just send it on Monday. (laughs) But it's a different day. Exactly. So it was like, if I wanted to send something that week, I could. And then if I didn't, I knew they would still get an email and it kind of took the pressure off of me of feeling like I have to write something to them. And obviously every day, but such a beautiful way to give yourself space in your business (laughs) and to leverage work you've already done, like all the work you already did. Because yeah, the new people, like, it's good stuff and your new people haven't seen it yet. So yeah, I think that's a great idea and like a really good, and I'll tell you guys too, if you ever write an email, sometimes I write an email and I'm like, that was really good. Not all the time. Like a lot of times I'm like, man, it was okay. But sometimes you write something, you're like, that was a really good email. Like I feel lucky. I, they feel, they should feel lucky they're getting that email. I'll take that and I'll just stick it in a folder. And that's a really good way yeah. for you guys to start too. like just having stuff. If you then if you don't feel good or you don't want to, at least you have a folder of like stuff you can reuse and you still have stuff to go out when life, life is going to life, you know, it's not it fun all the time. And sometimes you don't always feel like writing something, but anyway, thank you so much for this conversation. This was so refreshing and nice. And I just think it'll be really helpful for everybody. And hopefully it'll give you guys some ideas of, just there's so much great tech available now and you're right it is it is just getting easier and easier and I know it feels expensive you guys but really it's so much cheaper than it was even like 10 years ago you just have to get a like a web designer and like code and all this stuff and now it's like it's so so nice and it's just going to get better and better so I'm excited to so here's my top tip for anybody who's sort of new to the the idea of automation is yeah. make a list of the things that you do that you touch too many times. Yeah. And those are the things you're going to want to find technology to help you with. So is there a lot of back and forth trying to get people to book calls, like finding time? You need a calendar booking system, you know, like to keep it simple. It doesn't need to be the craziest setup, but you need to look at what you do in a week. And if you're touching something five times or more, you need to automate it. Or even just writing template emails. I look at back when I used to start, I used to write every email was like an an email written by me. I'm like, why would I do that? (laughs) Like for years, I didn't know any better. I would like 
every customer service email, every email, anybody needed to reset their password. I like hand wrote them a new email. Now we have like templates for all of that. Like we Mm -hmm. don't write all of those emails, just simple stuff like that. Like anything that you feel like you're doing over and over again, or like you're saying you're touching a lot of times, like, are there steps you can take out? Are there things you can automate? Are there templates you can make? Just start very, very simple. And um, I'm telling you, you'll be glad, like the more organized your business is, I really just feel like the better your life will be. (laughs) It gives you a lot of breathing space. It really does. And then you get more time to create or do the thing that you want to do. Yes. I talk about this all the time lately. I've been coaching. I coached a couple of people on this recently that were really like, I don't want to make a schedule. I don't want to plan things out. I don't want to automate things. I don't want systems. Like I'm free. I just want to be free. And I was like, you, you are just you're gonna, you don't have time to be free because you're going to be dealing with all this bullshit. I was like, (laughs) when you have a schedule and you know, things are going to get done, then you have so much more time to be creative. But I was like, you're not going to have any creative energy because you're just spending all your time dealing with random stuff, putting out fires. I was like, that's not more creative space or more energy for you. It's how you get free by doing the systems first. Yeah. But it's hard because it's not sexy, right? Like, Ooh, let's build some systems. Some people like it. You probably <laughs> I do. It. I'm a My nerd business though. business manager thinks that it is like, I, I don't. <laughs> I am fired I up do. about it, but I realize it's not normal. Um, but it's what affords you the, the time and energy and space, mental space. Those yeah, things absolutely. occupy a lot of space. Like, did I send that email? Did that person get their invoice? Did I follow did up? I, did I schedule the email to go out this week? Did I post in the Facebook group? It's like, when you have all that stuff on your calendar, you don't have a to lot. think about it. And then you can use your brain to think about creative mm-hmm. things and fun things. And it is, I'm telling you guys, my business used to be a hot mess. I was telling them, I was telling somebody earlier, I used to have an assistant that would like sign on to work and, and like more than once a week, she would just start crying. Oh, no. <laughs> That's how stressful and overwhelming it was. And it's not like that at all now. And it's because I worked with Rebecca, you like basically who is like you to come in and like help me make all these systems in the business and everything is organized. And it's just night and day, like my experience, like running the business and being in the business. It's so my life just feels so much better. So I just encourage you guys start thinking about this stuff. You don't have to get crazy or do anything Nuts. Just start building little systems for yourself. Start organizing things a little bit. I remember I didn't even have anywhere to put my passwords. Like they were just like all over the place, like stuff like that. Just organize things that you use a lot. Make step-by-step little systems for tasks you do a lot. Schedule the things that need to be done so you don't have to remember them. Automate like what you can and just start with like little things and it will make a really, really big difference. Just even having template emails and stuff like that, like it, it all adds up to save you so much time over, especially when you talk about the lifetime of running your business, it's like handwriting a customer service email to answer the same question about resetting your password. How many times are you going to do that over 10 years in your business? Like that's a lot of time that you get back over the lifetime of running a business. So anyway, thank you so much for being here. I think this was a great conversation and thank you for being in the bundle and being in the community. And I'm sure we'll do more stuff together. So um, you guys go check out Cheryl and stalk her on Instagram. <laughs> come come bully me over there. Like friendly bully me over there. Come come say, hey, show up. <laughs> I have an assertive community. That'll help me. That'll help me out. <laughs> I love, I, I love this conversation. Thanks for having me, Faith. Yeah, have a great rest of your day.